98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. Experts have urged parents to inoculate their young children against COVID-19 as soon as possible. The government says a review on the future of district councils is ongoing. And the Chinese ambassador to the United Nations says a possible visit by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan would be very dangerous. The president of the Hong Kong Pediatric Society has urged parents to get their young children vaccinated against COVID as soon as possible, as there's been a rise in serious cases among young patients. Dr. Patrick Ip made the call after a 22-month-old girl who was infected with the virus died yesterday afternoon. He told RTHK that vaccination is the best way to protect young kids. The very sad case is a big alarm to our professionals as well as to our parents. Uh, in the past few months, where the condition has been more stabilized, quite a number of parents do have some hesitance about receiving a vaccination, probably because they think COVID would not affect their children too much, even though they are returning to schools. But now we know when children are returning to schools and then we are relaxing all those social distancing measures, we would expect there would be more and more children being affected, including those very young children. So protecting the children with an effective COVID vaccination should be the way to go. He also backed a recommendation by government advisors yesterday to lower the minimum vaccination age to six months. Home Affairs Minister Alice Mack says district-level civil servants are working hard to tackle community issues and noted authorities are looking into the future direction of district councils. Aaron Tam with the story. Alice Mack was responding to criticism from New People's Party lawmaker Regina Ip, who had said that district-level issues have not been attended to because many district councillors have left their positions. Ms. Mack says she welcomes views on how to strengthen relevant work. She added that many appointed area or fire safety committee members have been helping district officers, as she stressed that a review on the future of district councils is ongoing. A catering representative has urged the organizer of the upcoming Food Expo, the Trade Development Council, to consider setting up a special area for taste testing after food sampling was banned for a second year in a row. Simon Wong, president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, told the radio program that many exhibitors last year complained their businesses were significantly, significantly affected by the ban. But on the same show, the council's head of communications, Susanna Sin, said the arrangement is necessary given the current COVID situation. The Hong Kong Automobile Association has welcomed the proposal of seven car distributors to change their warranty policies, which would give vehicle owners more freedom in choosing where to get repairs and maintenance and could likely slash prices. If accepted by the competition committee, car owners will no longer risk having their warranties revoked for going to non-authorized repair centers. Ringo Lee, who chairs the Automobile Association, said this is good news for both motorists and smaller garages. He said repair services for European cars could be 50% cheaper at independent garages. The Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, who is currently on an Asian tour that began in Singapore on Sunday, has not confirmed whether or not she will visit Taiwan later today, as reports have suggested. Beijing says its military will not sit idly by if the visit takes place. The Chinese ambassador to the United Nations, Zhang Jun, said a possible visit would be very dangerous and provocative. Taiwan's tendency towards independence is further developing. So if we do not take appropriate forceful action to stop it, the situation might be even out of control. So it's legitimate for the Chinese government, for the Chinese military, 
to take any action to prevent Taiwan to go further down the wrong direction, namely towards independence. President Joe Biden has announced that the United States has killed al-Qaeda chief Ayman al-Zawahiri, one of the world's most wanted terrorists and a mastermind of the September 11, 2001 attacks in a drone strike in Kabul. After relentlessly seeking Zawahiri for years under Presidents Bush, Obama and Trump, our intelligence community located Zawahiri earlier this year. He had moved to downtown Kabul to reunite with members of his immediate family. After carefully considering the clear and convincing evidence of his location, I authorized a precision strike that would remove him from the battlefield once and for all. This mission was carefully planned, rigorously minimized the risk of harm to other civilians. And one week ago, after being advised that the conditions were optimal, I gave the final approval to go get him. And the mission was a success. None of his family members were hurt and there were no civilian casualties. I'm sharing this news with the American people now after confirming the mission's total success through the painstaking work of our counterterrorism community and key allies and partners. A senior administration official said Zawahiri was on the balcony of a house in Kabul when he was targeted with two Hellfire missiles. Pictures showed no sign of an explosion, and U.S. officials say no one else was harmed. This points to the use by the United States of the Hellfire R-9X, a warheadless missile believed equipped with six razor-like blades that slice through its target but does not, does not explode. The use of such a weapon has never been publicly acknowledged by the Pentagon or CIA. A member of a Texas militia group who was convicted of storming the U.S. Capitol in January 2021 has been sentenced to more than seven years in prison. The BBC's Ailsa Ockney reports. Guy Reffitt's sentence is the longest so far for anyone involved in the riot, in which supporters of former President Trump attacked Congress in a bid to overturn the presidential election result. Video evidence showed him egging on the mob and leading rioters up a flight of stairs outside the Capitol, although he did not enter. He later threatened to harm his own children if they informed on him to the FBI. The judge said Mr Reffitt's comments suggesting he wanted to overthrow Congress were frightening claims that bordered on delusional. Elsewhere in the U.S., the death toll from flooding in eastern Kentucky has risen to 37 as more rain hampered recovery operations and possible severe weather threatened to provoke further damage. Last week, some areas in the state received more than eight inches of rain in a 24-hour period, provoking unpresented flash flooding. Some areas were in the mountainous Appalachia region and are still inaccessible following the flooding that turned roads into rivers, washed out bridges, and swept away houses. The head of the U.N. has warned that the world is facing a greater risk of nuclear disaster than at any time since the Cold War. At a conference in New York, Antonio Guterres urged leaders to strengthen an agreement designed to stop the spread of nuclear weapons. He said the planet was one miscalculation away from annihilation. Humanity is in danger of forgetting the lessons forged in the terrifying fires of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Geopolitical tensions are reaching new highs. Competition is trumping cooperation and collaboration. Distrust has replaced dialogue, and disunity has replaced disarmament. States are seeking false security in stockpiling and spending hundreds of billions of dollars on doomsday weapons that have no place on our planet. 
An international study says that the risks of climate change catastrophe, including the extinction of the human race, are not being taken seriously by scientists. The authors say that the consequences of warming beyond three degrees Celsius have been dangerously underexplored. And the world needs to start preparing for the possibility of what they term the climate endgame. The BBC's Matt McGrath reports. This new study suggests that there are catastrophic risks even at modest levels of climate change that are poorly understood by science. As well as floods and heatwaves, there are likely to be compounding effects on food supplies, conflict and disease that significantly amplify the threat from rising temperatures. The international team of authors say there has also been relatively little research on the potential for global warming of three degrees and beyond. In that scenario, around two billion people would be living with extreme heat by 2017 in some of the most politically fragile and densely populated parts of the world. The United Nations has confirmed that the peacekeepers who were arrested on Sunday for shooting two people dead on the border between Congo and Uganda were from Tanzania. The UN has strongly condemned the shooting in which 15 people were injured. Karsim Dian is a senior UN official representing the peacekeeping mission. We have launched an immediate investigation into the incidents and the government also will certainly open up an investigation. And then we are also talking to the Congolese whether they would like to also to join these efforts. All of this to shed light on what happened on this tragic incident. Beyonce says she will re-record a song from her new album after it was criticized by disability campaigners as deeply offensive. The hotly anticipated album, Renaissance, was released on Friday. It's the first from the American star for six years. But a derogatory term on the track, Heated, quickly prompted a backlash. The singer's publicist said the lyric would be removed. The BBC's Mark Savage reports. The charity, Scope, called the lyrics deeply offensive and asked the star to change them. Beyonce's fans pointed out that the word in question has different connotations in the US. Beyonce has agreed to re-record her lyrics. In a statement, her publicist said the offensive term had not been used intentionally in a harmful manner. Archaeologists in Mexico say they found evidence that the remains of important people from the Maya civilization were incorporated into balls used in sport in a custom thought to help them live on after death. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. In 2020, archaeologists in the ancient Mayan city of Tonina found some 400 vessels containing human ashes mixed with rubber and roots under a pyramid from the 7th or 8th century. The researchers determined that the bodies of at least two governors, who may have been priests, had been incorporated into large rubber balls to be used in a Mayan game played on a court. The lead archaeologist, Juan Yadeun Angulo, said it appeared the aim of the bodily transformation was to give the subjects a unique form of immortality. A short, um, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 19,628. That's 534 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $67 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 130.73 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and two cents. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 62 cents. In sports now, one of Hong Kong's most decorated squash players is retiring. Max Lee says the Hong Kong Championships, now taking place in Central, 
is his last competitive appearance. The 34-year-old announced his decision after winning his opening match. Lee began his professional career in 2007, and he competed in three Asian games, collecting a combined two silvers and three bronzes. He's been ranked as high as 12th in the world. One of Lee's crowning achievements is winning the Asian Individual Championships in 2017. In snooker, Hong Kong's Ng An Yi finished runner-up in the UK Women's Championships in Leeds. She was beaten in the final by her rival, Rayanne Evans. The English player won the decider four frames to three to take the title for a record-extending 11th time. At the Commonwealth Games, Singapore's Feng Tin Hue claimed a career seventh Commonwealth gold in table tennis. She helped Singapore win the women's team event, beating Malaysia 3-0. I'm very happy to win this, uh, win back this gold medal. You know, coming into the games, we prepared very well. Oh, it's a very thorough preparation. And, you know, it makes me very happy to be able to win the gold medal today. Uh, and in football, England's women have been celebrating their Euro 2022 title in London's Trafalgar Square. Sunday's 2-1 two win, two to one win over Germany was watched by a UK television audience of over 17 million people. Captain Leah Williamson says they hope their performance will help change women's football. I think the legacy of the tournament was already made before that final game. Um, yeah, what we've done for women and, and young girls that can look up and aspire to be us. Um, I think England have hosted an incredible tournament and we've changed the game in this country and hopefully uh, across Europe, across the world. But um, we said that we wanted to make our legacy about winning and that's what we did. The English golfer Luke Donald has been named as Europe's new Ryder Cup captain for next year's tournament in Rome. The BBC's Ian Carter has details. Donald takes over in unprecedented circumstances. The 44-year-old Englishman replaces the man preferred to him during the initial recruitment process. But Henrik Stenson was stripped of the job just a fortnight ago. This after signing a £40 million deal to the breakaway Live Golf, who've prompted a bitter power struggle at the top of the men's game. Donald is the first Englishman to lead Europe since Sir Nick Faldo's heavy defeat in 2008. A former world number one, Donald played in four Ryder Cups and was on the winning team on each occasion. He's been a vice-captain in the last two matches. The two-time Formula One world champion Fernando Alonso will drive for Aston Martin starting next season. The Spaniard has been racing for Alpine since 2021. He signed a multi-year contract to replace Sebastian Vettel following the German's decision to retire at the end of the season. And the weather forecast, mainly fine apart from isolated showers and thunderstorms. The afternoon will be very hot, like to moderate southerly winds. In the next couple of days, rain will be heavy at times with thunderstorms. Currently, the temperature is 32 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 67 percent. The thunderstorm warning is in effect until at least 145, as is the very hot weather warning. That's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 2nd of August, is today's date. Many thanks once again to the newsroom. Cheers to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. You'll have to excuse my throat. I'm still feeling a bit scratchy, but much better than yesterday, thanks to the tips from Nathan Solier. Getting an early night. We've got a busy program for you this afternoon. To start the show, we'll be talking about waste management and also reusable tableware. And we'll be chatting with Greenpeace campaigner Leanne Tam. We hope to bring you that interview via Facebook as well, so do join us there if you can. Noreen Mayer.